Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to The Opening Drive on 101 ESPN. Brooke Grimsley, Randy Carricker, and we head to the celebrity line, and it's time for our visit with Adam Wainwright, who had the opportunity to play golf in Atlanta on Wednesday. So it's a special, another special Thursday edition of Wednesdays with Wayno. Good morning, sir. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. And uh, and uh, just glad to be here in, the, in my home state. And I uh, just love being, I love being here to see, you know, family and friends and, and uh, yeah, it's a cool time for me. I was going to ask you about that. That was going to be my first question. Drafted by the Braves, grew up in Georgia, your favorite team. I, I was thinking about your formative years, 10 to 20 years old, and that team is having all the success. So with that being the, the backdrop and you're having your last trip to Atlanta, what's this week been like? Oh, it's been a fun week. I got to play golf with my cousin Hunter. I went to uh, lunch with my brother Trey. You know, we see. I saw a couple of classmates yesterday in the stands. Saw, a, well, you know, a couple of my friends from high school are are actually on the crew there at at Brave Stadium at uh, Stadium there. My my our high school quarterback for one of my years is as a football player in high school. Twenty. He's uh, one of the security guards. And, we had a we had somebody run on the field the other day, and, and they were lucky that Twanley wasn't the one that got out there after him. They'd be in <laughs> big trouble. But uh, it's fun, man. I, I like uh, I like coming here. It's a, and it's a great park. It's uh, and a great challenge. The team that um, the Braves are throwing out there is is pretty talented. Have you just been able to reflect and think about how much you've grown since being a part, obviously being drafted by the Braves? So just how much you've grown over the years and seeing where you're at now. Well, uh, I haven't grown any taller, but I seem to be growing <laughs> outward a little bit. Um, uh, but uh, it, it's fun to um, it's fun to think back on the years, you know, and and the the different uh, kind of troves of players that have come through the the groups of guys, and you start thinking about you know the guys that I came up with, and Anthony Reyes, and Brad Thompson, and Randy Flores, and those guys, and. You know, now Thompson's in the broadcast booth, and Randy Flores is is the scouting director, and and uh, you know, he goes a couple years later. You got John Jay and Descalso, and and uh, Alan Craig, and and that group, and trading for Matt Holiday, and and then you know the next group that came in, and Michael Waka, and those guys, and then you know now the new group of Dakota and Flaherty, and and. Uh, and those guys, and now you got even a younger group coming in that are just barely older than my oldest daughter, you know, with uh, Mason Wynn and and uh, and a couple others, and it's just uh, you know, it's 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 just uh, you see so many players. I've had the opportunity to see so many players um, come and and go, and and uh, luckily 
have just had wonderful relationships throughout all of it. It's it's a fun thing to think back on. Well, on a player that you just touched on right there, Jordan Walker, this is a homecoming for him too. What is it like seeing him go through this process of going back to Georgia, having the friends and family there, and how much have you seen him grow his progression on and off the field this season? Yeah, and I've, I actually walked out of the stadium last night to the bus with, with Walk, and uh, that was a fun thing to just – kind of you know it's even more so for him because he grew up here in atlanta um for me it was just kind of my favorite hometown hometown team and you know i got up here to maybe a couple of games a year but but uh i I lived five hours away from here but for walk you know who lived here and went to a lot of the games and you know wasn't that wasn't that old really when he started he was probably rooting for acuna you know a couple years ago when when he first broke in like uh I saw a funny video of of Harris cheering for Acuna's walk off uh, home run in the playoffs or whatever it was a couple of years ago, and and he was going crazy. And then to play with him, I know that's got to be fun for him. But you know, for walking out with Walker, I just walked, I looked at him, and I said, "Is this pretty neat for you?" He goes, "Man, there's there's hundreds of people here to watch me today, and I got a big pass list, and you know, to get a hit and be able to score some runs." And, do all that on this on this field where I grew up watching. He said it was just so special for him, and I and I know that feeling, you know. And um, it's a it is a cool thing to to go in, and especially when you win, you know, and you can kind of when you beat that team that you grew up watching, and all your family is there, and all your friends there, and the friends, you know, you just never know where their loyalties really lie until you see them wearing brave shirts. You know <laughs> what I mean? And I'm sure that was. It was true of Walker last night, too, because the, I know a lot of people were here rooting for him, but they were also rooting for Braves to win. And, and that's how it is with my friends. They're like, yeah, we, we want you to do really great. We just want the bullpen to blow it when you come out. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. Hey, Adam, uh, we've talked over the years about how you were impacted by that 90s Braves team. And because you're such a keen observer of the game, I think you're a unique person to ask this question. If you would plop Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz, into the 2023 version of Major League Baseball, would they all three still be Hall of Famers? Yeah, they'd be great. They'd be great. Um, here's the thing: people don't people see this is how people will remember me too. Probably as as I've gotten older, they'll probably look back and think, "Well, that guy just threw 87 miles an hour." But you know, Greg Maddox, for the bulk of his career, threw between 89 and 93. There was some years that he was 91, 92, 93 with a foot of movement that I don't see anybody doing that today. You know, in the the location he had now, the strike zone is a little smaller for sure. It is, um, but you know, Tom Glavin was still sitting low 90s when he was upwards almost 40 years old with pinpoint control and pinpoint control of that changeup that he could throw at any count uh, and exactly where he needed to or wanted to. Um, and John Smoltz had stuff more like people have today, where he was sitting 94, 95 as a starter with the, still probably the best uh, slider-split combination that I've seen from a starting pitcher. So, um, yeah, I do think they would be great today because they each did something unique, you know, and they were and they were special. I, I think the same thing – so this here's a comparison that's not about baseball um, – I asked the pro today, I said, hey, if uh, Jack Nicholas, if he had today's equipment when he was in his prime, 
And he stopped me right there. He said he would be hitting it just as far as these guys. Because Jack Nicholas was a was a barrier breaker as far as he was the first one to go out there and really smoke the ball, man. He was driving it way farther than everybody and and uh, and, and and setting the trend in that way. And I, and I just think, you know, it's hard to compare eras because I think I do believe athletes are better now than they have ever been. But you're talking about three of the all-time greatest to ever do it in Glavin, Maddox, and Smoltz that were uniquely great at everything they did. And, and you know, I, I don't think it's true of every pitcher that, that was pitching back then. You know, there was a lot more guys that were throwing softer. But I do think that those guys would have had success, yes. And one thing about those guys and you is that their control was so good that they could get hitters out on balls. And that's the key. You don't get hitters out on strikes. You get them out on balls. And because, and especially Maddox, because umpires, he, they, he knew exactly where it was going. So he'd first get the black of the plate, strike, okay? Half inch off, strike, inch off, strike. The umpire says, well, I know where he's throwing and everything's a strike. And and so then he was able to get guys uh, w- with things that are well off the plate. And that's a product of having great control. Well, it is, but but one thing to think about, and I saw this as a clip that I watched yesterday, actually. Uh, they were asking Greg Maddox about his 0-2 approach. And uh, he said he was, pitching, or he was watching uh, Glavin pitch one day, and it was early on in their careers in Atlanta together, and Glavin gave up an 0-2 hit. And he said Leo Mazzoni got just so pissed off that he gave up that 0-2 hit because, you know, back in the day, and really it's kind of come back around now too where pitching coaches – if you give up an 0-2 hit, it, they can't believe it. You know, they want you to try to get them to chase out of the zone. And Maddox walked over and said, hey, Leo, I, I hope you don't get mad at me for giving up an 0-2 hit because I'm going to lead the league in 0-2 hits given up. He said, but I'm also going to lead the league in 0-2 outs. So here's the thing about that situation. Where I, I think what, what Max is saying is because he had such great control, he could – you know, he could throw that fastball that started a foot off the plate and bring it back to the corner. Mm-hmm. And they were going to call it a strike or they were, or the guy was going to either take it or swing at it, right? And so he might get a single. He wasn't going to hit it hard, but he might get a single here and there. But because because hitters knew on 0-2 counts that he might, that he, he, he had the ability to throw a strike at any time, they had to be more aggressive. And, and I love that approach because if you can prove to the hitter that you can throw strikes, in any count with any pitch, they have to be on the. They have to go up swinging, and that's why you saw him throw so many complete games with with low pitch counts because they had to. They had to swing the bat early because once they got into that O two count, like you said, he was going to throw something nasty that looked like a strike that it wasn't, or it looked like a ball and ended up a strike, and that's mm-hmm. a tough way to hit. Adam Wainwright with us on 101 ESPN. And Wayno, uh, Brooke is really excited about the start of this uh, fantasy football season. And at Big League Impact, we're going to have a heck of a season. Have you had your team draft yet, though? Oh, oh yeah. We had, <laughs> and I planned everything. This might be my, this might be the crown jewel of, of uh, fantasy football drafts that I've ever put on and or heard about actually. <laughs> um, Got to hear we this. Flew into, we flew into Atlanta the other day. Nobody knows what we're doing. Uh, I had two buses ready for coaching staff and everybody on the team. We got loaded up in the buses. We went over to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We, uh, we went in to uh, 
field, got to throw the ball around on the field and run some routes and, you know, kicks the field goals. By the way, I made a 45-yard field goal. No big deal. Oh, uh, wow. You. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we then I had a, a, a magician, Howie the Great, coming in and, and do a little um, production for us that was pretty neat. And then we went into the Atlanta Falcons clubhouse and had our team fantasy draft inside the Falcons uh, locker room. It was pretty neat. Wow. That that sounds uh, – I wish I had a fa- – I guess I should say I wish I had a fantasy football experience like that because that sounds spectacular. You were talking about just getting into football. When I was digging into looking into things to talk to you about with Georgia and just growing up there, were you a wide receiver in high school? And did you make All-State – uh, all region. I think I okay. was a uh, two-time all region wide receiver. Yep. And mm-hmm. and uh, and I think I was like, you know, honorable mention all state kicker. Oh, so there that that forty five oh, yarder you go. was That's not where a it fluke. Worked out. Yeah, I had I had the school record until uh, until Georgia's kicker now, who's a national champion by the way, two time running. Uh, broke my record, broke my school record for longest field goal. I had 48-yarder in a game. I had 60-yarder in practice back in the day. I used to be able to kick pretty good. Wow. So I need to hear about your team, though. Who are your first couple of picks? Who are, who are Adam Wainwright's go-to guys for the 2023 fantasy football season? All right, so you have to understand where we were, right? And and, and I was in charge of playing in this whole situation. So I had I had the fourth overall pick. Maybe a little bit of a reach, but I had I felt like I had to, and I and I believe in this guy. I went Bijan Robinson. I like that. I like wow. that a lot. Yeah, I, like that. Um, I felt good about it though because I got to put that Falcons jersey on in the clubhouse, and all the people that helped me plan it that were employees of the Falcons, they felt real good about me That's putting that on. Very so cool. I, I felt awesome. like that was that was a good thing to do. Um, but I also I think he's going to have a great year. Um, uh, then uh, let's see who'd I go. I, I came back around the end of. The second round, I went with uh, Jalen Hurts because I am just, I just love having a good quarterback. I just love it, love it, love it. And so I went with Hurts there at the bottom of two. And then top of three, I came back with Devonta Smith so I could get that quarterback wide receiver uh, connection going on. Came back in the fourth and got Darren Waller. Ooh. Um, in the fifth, I started. Uh, Let's see, who did I get in the fifth? I drafted uh, DJ Moore in the fifth. That's a nice and, that's uh, a nice fifth round pick, Adam. I, I love that pick. What I mean in that at that you know, the the draft value there was sky high. So yeah. I felt like I had to do that. Um and then uh and then I got Khalil Herbert and I got uh James Cook in the next two picks. So I got three pretty good running backs. I feel like James Cook might have a pretty good year this year. And uh, two good receivers. They got a good tight end. And then, you know, after that, you just kind of fill in what what you got. But you know, because you know me, that I draft. I went a little early on it, but I got to get Justin Tucker every year because that's my kicker buddy. <laughs> yeah. kickers are people too, Randy. I, I, I love having him on my team. Okay, so who's going to be the mark? Who's going to be the person that you – relentlessly offer trades to and eventually you'll break them. Who on the Cardinals is going to be that guy this year? Well, that's true of all of them, buddy. I'm going to go after all of them. <laughs> Relent- relentlessly, I'm going to I'm I'm like a I'm like a chihuahua on the heels, you know, if I if I've got a trade in mind. Um, you know, Tommy and I are about to work something out, but you know, 
it may or may not be true that I that I have targeted rookies in the past, and we got a few of them. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was thinking. Oh. I was saying Jordan Walker, Mason, Win, look out. <laughs> yeah, they, they actually they they are not in the league. Oh, um, they're not in the league this year, but they will be next year. I think I got okay. a feeling. So I got I'm, a feeling. good. I'm glad you got a couple of marks. Hey, so much cool stuff going on with Big League Impact, Adam, and uh, you guys have had another magnificent football season. But I, I know the All Win campaign is is all in on All Win and a lot of other cool stuff going on. A lot of really cool stuff going on, and we we, we still have uh, the custom shirt available at BigLeagueImpact.org. We would love for people to go on and and check it out. It's a limited edition uh, BLI T-shirt that that is really cool at uh, BigLeagueImpact.com, and all proceeds go to BigLeagueImpact.org, our Big League Impact, our charity, of course. Um, so we'd love to have everybody's uh, support there, and and uh, gosh, we've got a we've got a ton of support. You know, that's for sure. So thanks to all our donors throughout the years who make it special. It's unbelievable. Hey, one more thing before we let you go. And I mentioned to Brooke that I wanted to put this word out there for you. With as much winning as you have done here, and I've seen it all, and I, I got used to winning, is the word surreal appropriate for the way this season has been for you and the Cardinals? Just It just seems it seems unreal and surreal to me. Does it feel that way to you? Well, yeah, I mean – Definitely doesn't seem right, but uh, and, and I'm not and I'm not okay with it. No one else is okay with it. Um, but uh, before my time started here, if 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 you'd have asked Randy Carricker if you have one bad season of 18 years, will you take it? Um, you might say yes to that. Yes, you know and, I know I would. And I'm trying. Yeah, so I'm not. I'm trying not to think that way. That's just the reality of it. Um, we've had a really good run, and I think that we'll get back to doing that next year. I really believe that. I think our front office is is determined to to make this kind of a one and done situation with 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 this with the type of play we've had this year. Uh, I, I think if you saw the game, the first game against the Braves. The potential is there. We can still go in and whip anybody at any time. We can still go out and, and, and hit with the best of them. And on any given night, we can still go out and pitch with the best of them. We just, uh, you know, we just didn't put it together. You know, there's just no, you know, there's no excuses to be had. We didn't pitch well. Um, and then times we did pitch well, we didn't hit well. And when those times when we did those well, we didn't field well. And, you know, when we did all that well, we didn't bring it home at the end of the game well. So, you know, every everything you can point to every every part of our game this year, and it wasn't up to to par. It wasn't to where we want it to be. It wasn't to where it will be next year, and that's a good challenge. You know, that's a, that's a good reality check. You know, sometimes I think as players, um, you uh, you expect to just go out and 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 be good every year, and and sometimes as players you have to look back and go, all right, what could I have done better? What do I need to do better before I go into the next season? So that that never happens again, and and I think that might actually, for the for the long haul, end up being uh, a good thing. And that's just the way you have to look at it, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. just the way we have to look at it. Yeah. And then, very last thing, I promise, you, I've asked you a lot this year about going into places for the last time, but this is the place where you got drafted, and this is is your home state. As you start the finale of the series in Atlanta against Atlanta. Will this one be any different, or will this just be another last game? Mm, no, I mean, look, I've had great memories here. 
Um, I, I think all these all these games uh, until the final couple ones at uh, Bush Stadium will just be uh, the final time. I'm still going to do some broadcasting, you know, next year. I'm still going to be traveling around, going to games, hopefully. But uh, it's been a great career. It's it's been uh, it's been one that I've you know when I look back on. I'm, hopefully, I'll be. Um, okay with and proud of and and uh i know i've done a lot of really good things in the game and and uh played in a lot of really great parks i think when i leave here this time i think i'll be okay with it you know i mean it's been a this is this is also is a new stadium kind of too but um even if it was turner field i i still still think it would you know bush stadium is the only one that that i'm going to get real sentimental about i mean honestly it's uh even leaving wrigley this year for the last time i was kind of like all right Okay, where are we going? You know, I I think Bush Stadium is that's home for me. You know, everywhere else is just a visiting park, and I and I love I love this field, and I love the there's several stadiums out there where I just and am in love with, but Bush Stadium's home. That's the one I'm going to get sentimental about. I told you that'd be the final question, and and it was Adam. We always love having you on. Thank you very much. We appreciate it, and go get them against the Braves. Okay, thanks, guys. Appreciate y'all. Take care. Have a great one. Thanks.